0: What is up, everybody? Joe Sib here with you, sitting across from a co-host. Anaya Bogue. Stoked to be here. Rad Parenting. Got a great show for you. Before we dive into anything, though, Mm -hmm. Anaya, you and I were just having some coffee, kind of going over the show that we're going to be pulling up today, um, (laughs) which I'm super psyched about, Mm -hmm. because I'm going to throw a curveball at you. Uh Uh-oh. You know? I don't know if I'm ready for a curveball today. Well, that's the thing. I was just going to say, I want our listeners to know, and and you were like, oh, we don't have to talk about that. And I was like, no, no, I want to bring it up. Um, your day yesterday mm-hmm. was insane.
1: I, I spent the day in prison yesterday. Literally. Literally.
0: And she, it wasn't uh, her and I together on like a road trip. So don't, I know everyone's <laughs> like, she was with Joe for way too long. No. <laughs> um, and you and I, I when you left uh, taping the other day, mm-hmm. you were literally getting ready to go mm-hmm. and do this uh, this trip out. Um, with all that said, I, I just I just think it's so cool. I want our listeners to know that like you're not just you know oh yeah I come in here I do the show and then I go to really nice houses with really nice clients and and right. and, and and share my knowledge there. Mm-hmm. Um, can you can you share with everyone like where you were, what you were doing in prison, sure. the program, and then that'll I think back up. Uh, everything today that we do on the show, a little bit later on, because okay. you just said, "Man, I don't know if, if I'm even going to be able to like get through yeah. a show." Because so if I say emotionally, anything, yeah, I'm you pretty really tapped. went, you you, you were <laughs> tapped emotionally. Yes, I was. But I, but I think it's so important to share that.
1: Yeah, no, no, no. I'm happy to because it really, it really was incredible. So, so I I spent the day literally all day in a maximum security prison here in California. Um, Kern County, I think it's called, Kern County um, Maximum Security Prison, level four. Um, And I went um, as a volunteer with an incredible organization called Defy Ventures, Defy as in like defy the odds. And um, this program is designed to give... uh, men, and they've now started working with mem- women who are in prison, an opportunity they have to apply to get into this program to become, uh, they call them EITs for short, or entrepreneurs in training. And the idea is that they have to apply and then they do an intensive six-month program on the inside guided by mentors and you know this, the curriculum or whatever. Um, and they ultimately, it culminates in them coming up with a pitch for a business idea that they could potentially start um, on when, wh- when when they get, they get out. out. Yes. And um, so I was, uh, so, so, you know, you go in and and you are not allowed to have a cell phone. I mean, I wasn't able to take anything in except the clothes that I was wearing and my identification. And you
0: also have to sign that piece of paper that says, hey, look, if something goes down while you're in there, know that if you're held hostage.
1: (laughs) I actually didn't have to sign a paper. Oh, you didn't? So I don't know if that means they didn't want to scare the hell out of me or um, they're just so certain that it's secure. Still, though,
0: all kidding aside, heavy, heavy... Situation to walk yourself into. Heavy,
1: yeah. And, and But I will tell you that the only time, and I had anticipated that I might feel fearful, you know, when I was in there with these guys, um, and I did not, from the moment I stepped in and they had um, all the guys in uh, a gym... Um, on the on the premises, of course, and you know, lots of uh, officers and stuff around, like you know, um, watching what was going on. Um, and I was one of I don't know how many of us. There were like forty six guys in the program and maybe like twenty something volunteers. And from the moment we walked in, these guys were cheering. Um, we were told before we went in, like if you're nervous at all, know that these guys are ten times more nervous, you know, to be face to face with you. And and a lot of times they're just anticipating that they're going to be. You know, like that they, I mean, they feel shame, they, you know. Um, and and so I participated in this full day experience, which not only involved being a judge on a panel as these guys pitch their ideas. Can, Go ahead,
0: can, Joe. One more time. You were just starting to explain when you walked in and, and oh, you said I they wa- were cheering. Okay, sorry. So
1: I walked in and they had made this tunnel. So you were nervous. Yeah. I was a little nervous, yeah, because yeah. I just didn't know what to expect. And um, they had made this, the guys had made like a tunnel and they were all cheering to welcome us as we walked in. And, you know, we walked this tunnel and they were cheering and high-fiving and like, thank you for coming and giving us these, um, like, you know, the plastic flower lays, like, you know, that go around your neck. And then we immediately went into this sort of icebreaker activity where we were to, you know, they had been given the same instruction and they had like a set of stickers and we had a set of stickers and you sort of mingle and you ask each other questions until you find something in common. Like, there's a particular kind of music that we both like, or we both have kids, or um, there's a particular hobby that we we really love, whatever. And the minute you find a, a common thread, you exchange stickers. And so I was walking around like stickers all over my shirt from you know the various guys that I had spoken with, and um, and the day just got more and more intense. Like first of all, the pitches were absolutely like they blew me away. Like. Articulate, well thought through, passionate. A lot of them incorporated their own stories um, you know, from their past. And a lot of it is like calling out the fact like, I was a really successful pre- entrepreneur on the outside, but it was you, through illegal means. And here's how I would take those skills and make them into something that will better myself and create our employ, employ, employment opportunities for others. And I mean, really, really great stuff. I mean, the program is so transformational. And there, um, just to give a, a sense of data, like where I think the rest- Recidivism rate in California, which is one of the worst, um, is something like 90% for the um the these guys that are going through this program, the recidivism rate among those guys is something like five percent.
0: What's that word you're saying?
1: Meaning like you you end up going back to Can you, jail.
0: Can you say it again? Recidivism. Re, so so that,
1: you get in trouble again and you okay. end up going back to prison for whatever reason. You haven't really can't, transformed when you get
0: out, you can't find you a can't job, function. you find yourself doing the same thing That's again, right. and you fall back into That's the right. same path before you know it, you're That's back. At that's Kearnigan. right.
1: Wow. And we. And
0: what's the percentage for the people that go through this program?
1: Come? 5% versus like 90%. Wow. Yes. So, I mean, this is a situation. I mean, and, and let me just t- tell you, I mean, there's going to be some people that have this mentality like, you know, they screwed up and blah, blah, blah. There's this real dehumanizing thing that I think that we want to engage in that's largely from a place of fear. Um, but let me tell you, like, we did. Uh, one really, really, really potent exercise where we stood each like the volunteers were on one line and the um, EITs were on the other line. Again, EITs, entrepreneurs in training, and so we were standing across from each other. And different statements were made, and you would step to the line if it was true for you. And so, of course, there were many statements that had to do with like even today I struggle with my own confidence. There's something that I did in my past that I feel ashamed of. I've, I've, I've um, had drinks and driven under the influence, which makes the point of like, okay, so let me tell you a number of us volunteers step forward. And the statement was very quickly made, um, by, uh, Kat, who's the, the founder of, of Defy. Um, you know, if you all had been stopped, you 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 also could have had a record. You could have been you know sent. Yeah, to prison. what you're basically
0: saying is there's someone that's sitting in here in this program right now. Yeah, that uh, is on the other side for a DUI and maybe two or three of them, whatever. Yeah. Okay. And now they're sitting in here and they're doing time uh, right now. And, and, and when I say they've been stopped two or three times, hey, anyone on the on the people that have come in to visit us that aren't in jail, have yeah. you ever drunk and drive more than two or three times? Right. Step forward, And, and even though,
1: and, and some of the more even compelling examples are, because a lot of those guys, it's a maximum security prison, you know, and, and it, it, what I didn't know is maybe good that I didn't know, um, but that a lot of these guys have committed violent crimes. But when you start to look at it and you go, okay, how many of you, the question is, I, I um, have gotten into a physical fight um, to prove myself or because I was afraid and to defend myself. Well, those acts of violence, could have also resulted, you know, in a heartbeat. Something yeah. went wrong, and for a lot of these guys, I mean, let me tell you, a significant number of these forty-six men that we were working with um, have been in there because of crimes they committed between sixteen and eighteen years old. How many of us have not screwed up, and 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 they now they've been in there for twenty, twenty-two, twenty-five, thirty years? Like it is. And and when you see the humanity, like when you see that these are, you know, once upon a time were kids that that you know, a lot of them came from broken homes and 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 didn't have a lot of guidance and 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 some of them did were doing things that kids do that just went sideways, and uh, it was a, an incredibly emotional. Um, and, and enlightening and inspiring day. And I would encourage anybody who's listening to check out Defy Ventures, see what this incredible organization is doing. Dude, I want to be, I want to go
0: and listen to the pitches.
1: Oh well, then you should come As with me next time. As a business owner, right? Y- yes, I mean, and that's exactly the, most of us volunteers were founders and CEOs yeah. and entrepreneurs. Um, it was incredible. I would incredible. totally do that. Yeah. So, so I would just encourage you know anybody's listening. And the thing is that this is an investment. Like to me, and I've always thought this way. Here, uh, here comes Canada you know in in canada there is this this sense of like us having responsibility for each other and so i don't feel like it is in our best interest collectively to just be like oh yeah these guys are scum we need to lock them up and throw away the key first of all that could be you that could be your family member we all make mistakes but the reality is many of them are going to get out better Better for all of us to invest in a program like this, where these guys are going to have a deeply transformative experience before they get out, and have the tools and the skills and a sense of themselves that will likely lead them to lead a different life that is not only in their best interest, but in the interest of the rest of us who are out on the outside with them, than to just be like fingers crossed, you know, like throw the book at them and totally dehumanize them to the point that they feel like they're not human, and then they come out in that state, and of course there's going to be high recidivism. Recidivism rates. So anyway, so that's my plug for Defy Ventures and a most extraordinary experience. I mean, truly one of the best days of my life. Without exaggerating, I'm
0: so glad you spoke about that on the show because, like I said, when we were talking about it just a few minutes ago, I, I was like, I want our listeners to know that because yes. as much as we do this show and and we talk about raising kids and 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 all of the work that you've done and you know we'll give away a copy of your book. Um, Which a lot of listeners, you know, they'll email me or they'll email us and they'll say, hey, I just got an AS book. And they know you that way. Mm -hmm. I just thought it was, I thought it'd be cool to let them know that, you know, you donate your time and that you're a part of a program like that. Because, you know, on on this side, like all our listeners know is like, Joe's going to go and tell jokes at the con, like, (laughs) you know, like maybe tell jokes in prison. I don't know. Oh, my. I don't know if that – you know who did that? Jeff Ross. Jeff Ross. Oh, we need to talk about that after Yeah. The show. It was okay, really cool. super cool. He went and did like comedy at Yeah, prisons. let's talk um, about You got to be really, really good to do that. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, because if the if the jokes don't go over that bombing in prison, a whole other that could be a whole other. Yeah, show except right there. They, uh,
1: let me tell you, with the group of guys I was with last night, they were, are, were just so thrilled that anybody would take yeah. the time and invest yeah. that in them that um, there was I felt nothing but gratitude yeah. from them. When I
0: do, I do something you know nothing compared to you, but we do do a comedy show at Midnight Mission here in Los Angeles. Mm, nice. Uh, the one of the uh, women down there that I became friends with. Um, saw um, she she knew a few comedians mm-hmm. and she came up with an idea. I want to have comics come down to the Midnight Mission. Um, it's right there on Skid Row. I mean, nice. it's right on it. And she said, "Would you know? Would you come down and do comedy?" And I remember I went down there with a group of comedians. And from the moment we got there, you could you know all the you know all the people are talking amongst themselves before they brought us up on stage because the room that we did comedy in was literally this room that um, it was just like four cement walls, you know, it was big, Mm -hmm. but you know, um, when I say cement walls, I'm using, I'm saying that because just the, um, sound in there was terrible. So you have all these people and they're all in folding chairs, but the, and the deal is, is that this is kind of a room where they normally would watch TV. Mm-hmm. So you're competing with like, why are these people down here? Ah. You know? And the only thing is, is that you have to be sober in order to stay at midnight mission because a lot of people have just literally gotten out of jail. Cause you know, the, the, the county's right up the street right. and then they, they trickle down and they go, okay, check it out. I just got out of jail. Can I stay here? Well, if you're sober, yes you can. You have to have a job. You have yeah. to you, know, you have to you have to work within the community, you have to spend the night. But you know, you're 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 right there with everyone that has literally either gotten out of jail or yeah, I came here to LA and now I've fallen in to where I'm living on Skid Row, but yeah. I'm staying here. So you're really face-to-face face with with a part of society that you never really are. Yeah. The same dude that you'd step over, you know, to get into Trader Joe's to get your, you know, nice wrap sandwiches yeah. at this place. Yeah. And I remember we went down there with a group of comedians and um out of like the four of us, like three or five of us, three of them just, it was not happening for them at all. And there was a comedian, Grant Cotter, that um, I think you've met yeah, before. Young yes. kid, super cool. And him and I... We just went down and 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 instead of like, you know, like oh I'm gonna change my material to fit this or I'm gonna do this, I was just like I don't know, like I'm just gonna have fun, and it went over and it was one of the most inspiring moments for me because. These people, when I came, you know, they're they're looking at you, and you can see the pain in their eyes, yeah. you know. And and to make them laugh, I was so stoked, like yeah. laughing, yes. like really laughing. And afterwards, you know, guys would come up to me, and like one guy was like, "Man, I, you know, I just was in jail, and you, you know, you were talking about this and that, and you made me laugh so." Hard. And I was like, "Wow, thank you." And uh, all the other comics never came back, except Grant and I have come back every three months to now. I've been going there so long that some of the people that started in the program that were like, I'm just staying here and staying sober. Now they like have jobs there. Jobs? Yeah, I know. It's crazy. There's Aww. this guy, there's this guy, uh, there's this one uh, guy um, that now is like, you know, he started out just sleeping there and now he's like part of like, you know, you see him in his, he's got his nice shirt on and he's got the suit on and he's like, I work here now. And I'm like, what? And then there's other people um, that, you know, that are still in the program and and, it, and it's crazy. And it's always just um, it's just fun to go down. It's turned into fun, you know, cause you go down there and, and we're the only two comics that still do it.
1: I feel like no one
0: else wanted to do it.
1: Yeah, I feel like we should do a show, um, on like, uh, on guiding our kids in this kind of like being in service to others, like yeah. giving back. Cause
0: I'll tell you right now, you know, um, Nate and I will, we do, uh, um, the laugh factory each and every year does two, uh, servings where they do on, um, uh, Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. three servings. Mm-hmm. The owner Jamie Masada, he's—I I, think—I don't even know how many years he's been doing, it, like twenty years or something. He basically pays out of his own money, and he does—he feeds the homeless, uh, like at two o'clock, four o'clock. And six o'clock. Wow. And I'm not talking like, oh, cool, like 50 people. I'm talking lying around the block. Wow. And Nate and I um, have gone every year since the time he was about, like, he's 13 now. So he's been going there since he was probably eight. And I remember eight or nine. And I remember 10, I think it's 10, nine years old. But I remember going there with him. And at first, I was super nervous because I wanted him by my side sure. because the room's full of, you know, yeah. all these homeless people.
1: Unknowns. Like you're feeling, you feel like you're dealing with an unknown situation. Yeah. And I'm just like, sure. you know,
0: and Nate was super young. And and I remember uh, right away, Jamie Masada would just grab Nate and be like, okay, buddy, you, you get the pies. You deliver pies to people. So then he put Nate in this room with just all uh, pumpkin pie and all apple pie. So then Nate would just go around and just give everyone these pies and like do all that. And then, and, you know, and then Jamie was like, your son is eating more pie than he is. <laughs> no giving <way>. yeah, yeah. <laughs> And Nate to this day still does that.
1: What, and so if you, if I were to talk to Nate right now, what do you think he has taken from that? Or have you seen a different compassion or capacity for compassion um, as he moves through the world or how he
0: he, oh, absolutely. How he sees people? 100%. I would tell you right now that his, the biggest, the biggest, um, the biggest thing for Nate would be. Um, before he met homeless people face to face, they were someone that he saw through the window of his car. Yep. They were someone that he saw on the news. Um, they were someone that he uh, saw on television. They were someone that was it was a distance. There was a disconnect. Yeah. Um as soon as he started going there and saw the guy that had the um, you know, the clothes that are torn and tattered and that, you know, when people are living on the street, they tend to look the colors of the street um the, the they look the colors of the street, you yeah. know? So then, what ends up happening is Nate, um, Nate would start to shake hands with these people and and get to know them. Yeah. And so it really it really diffused the fear yes. that he had of these people. And then what I ended up seeing was when we were out, you know, after that, Nate's always you know the first guy uh, to say, Hey, Dad, give me five bucks. And I'm like, Okay, and I give it to him. What's up? And he'll go over, Hey. Nice to nice. meet you. I want to give you this. You know, get some food. The other day, and you know, I know right now the listeners are like, "All right, your son's you know super sweet," or but you know, I mean, I'm not making this up. You know, the other day he he told me I gave him money to go. He wanted him and his buddies to go to the. They were skating somewhere. They're like, "Dad, we're going to skate down to Ralph's. We're going to do this." And they go down there and they skateboard and they get like you know sodas and like a bag of chips. Yeah. And what Nate did, I gave him a twenty spot, and when he came back, he didn't have any change. Mm-hmm. I'm like, dude. I gave you 20 bucks. You're supposed to come back with at least 10. Right. And he goes, yeah, but dad, there was this woman and she was there with her daughter and Aww. they didn't have any food. And I went in, I bought Aww. sandwiches and da, And he goes, I went over and gave it all to them. And I go, really? And he goes, yeah. And then when I came back, they were gone. I, love I go, yeah. It. And I, I love you know, it. and at that point, yes. you know, when Nate does something like that or when your son or daughter does something like that, I, it really makes like the moments where like, I'm like so frustrated with like, why don't you do your homework? Why can't you, yeah. you know, why? You know, there's so many things in our lives that I, that I think we stress over. Yep. And those things that we stress over seem so small when you hear, yeah, I took 20 bucks and fed a woman and her yeah. daughter. And you're like, okay, whatever we're doing in this household, maybe the homework doesn't get done. Maybe you don't like reading. Maybe, you know, there's way too many uh, moments that you're watching the YouTube video of the guy, you know, skateboarding off the roof of the house into the pool. Yeah. And we're like, why? But when you do that, I'm like, all right, the core of who you are and whatever we've done in this house, all right, you know, like, that's like a high five for, for mom and dad. Absolutely. You Absolutely.
1: Know? No, and I would have really, I mean, can we talk about that today? Can we Absolutely. just kind of dive into- um, Absolutely. Absolutely. You know,
0: you know what? Why don't we do this? Um, what we were going to dive into today, and I feel like we'll take a break really quick. Yeah. Uh, we were going to dive into an episode that was um, driven from you people, um, but then Karen or Karen and I, gosh. that's <laughs> Hello. A, yeah. Hi, Karen. Gosh, you and I spent so much time together, it's almost like we are married. For our listeners, my wife's name is Karen. Uh, that was funny. Uh, with that said, you know what? Let's just go to a break right yeah. now. Uh, we'll be back with more Rad Parenting after this. Hey, Rad Parenting. We are back. Oh my gosh. That was uh, that was funny. <laughs> uh, what we were going to talk about on today's show and we or w- the next episode uh, we'll do it for you is a show on raising. I was going to throw a curveball at Anea, about raising- Did you see how I
1: deflected that?
0: Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Now it's not going to be a curveball. We're going to do a show, because you have all asked for it, dedicated to uh, raising uh, one kid. Uh, The parents out there that don't have two or three, they have one. And all of the- all the things that come along with that, and one of them in particular is just at a young age uh, learning to teach your son or daughter because they're the only child about sharing, mm-hmm. about other people, and hey, when our house is full with a family and there's a lot of people and they need to share things and they need to maybe sleep in your bedroom and that you know the world essentially yeah. doesn't revolve around you. And why I was going to throw the curveball at you was when I got asked that question to do a show on it, I was like, wow, well, I don't think we could because neither one of us are parents of only children. And then I realized I kinda with, am. Yeah, with you and <laughs> Naya, Maddie's one age, yeah. twenty one now. Twenty one. Twenty one. And then you Pythia's got is nine. There you go. Yeah. So, so that the,
1: so let's so stay tuned. Let's do that one. That'll next be next week's episode. And,
0: but right now, because of what we were just talking about and it feels really natural. Uh, you got an idea of what we could kind of finish this episode up about? Yeah,
1: I think I think we should really make this about the importance of teaching our kids altruism, like d- doing for others, being. Say in that service. word again. Altruism. Wow. Altruism. 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 It's it's one word, yeah, and it's okay. uh, it basically means like you know being. Uh, I mean, it's like the number of ways to define it. Choose kind, being in service to others. You know, giving of yourself. Um, I think that it's important, and I think at this time of year, you know, we talked in one of our most recent episodes about how, you know, Thanksgiving is one of my favorite holidays because it has all the yummy of Christmas without the commercialism. And I think that we don't have to just succumb and be like, oh, oh yeah, okay, here we go. So yeah, Thanksgiving was one thing, but now I guess we just have to do this. Otherwise, my kid's going to feel left out. You know, if I don't just shower him or her. And I really
0: feel though that, and I really feel that this. Like, I'm a fan of like. It, you know, I love the holidays, and I know that in the holidays, you know, everyone says, "Oh gosh, you know, I'm going to go work." At, like I just said, "Hey, I'm going to go to you know Thanksgiving at the Laugh Factory, and we're going to serve food." Or on Christmas Eve, I'm going to do this. But you know what? I really want to figure figure out and really make it more a part of my life and my family's life is doing that all the time. Mm-hmm. Not just yeah. when I feel good because I like Christmas music and I'm yes. in a really good mood. Yes, and uh, you know it's all nice and warm and toasty in my house. Yeah, and I feel like oh wow, maybe I'm going to share that with the less fortunate people. So maybe so let's this dive becomes, into that. Yeah,
1: like maybe this becomes you know the 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 time of the year where it's an easy time to introduce like really conscious consciously choosing to engage in altruistic behavior with your children modeling it including them in the way that you've included Nate going to the to the uh, mission but um, but then saying okay so like this is just our entry point kids like this is something that we want to be committed to you know all throughout the year so maybe once a month as a family we do something where the kids are given the um, the encouragement to choose like with someone, what their mission or focus for the for the month <coughs> is going to be. And there is some pretty solid data behind this that suggests that um, engaging in altruism actually has positive effects on, in, on individual development. Oh, absolutely. So, you feel
0: good about... You just feel better. We talked about this, I think, two weeks ago, and we said it really quick. That mm-hmm. I just said, man, whenever I actually do something for someone else that's 100% not... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like... Driven by some self, yeah, self. You, know, you know, let's admit motive, it. You know, yeah. like in my business, it's like, hey, dude, you know, I got a show going on in Irvine. Do you want to open? Yeah, man, I'd love to. Yeah, I see that you're going to be in Tahoe. Is there a chance I could, open? you know, like right. that's like, all right, bro. But yeah. when you like actually do something for someone, like, hey, you know, oh yeah, let me help you with that, or you know, so helping someone that isn't happening, yeah, you feel so good inside yeah. afterwards. That's the thing I think people really need to realize because we're just jamming through our lives trying to make ends meet that when you stop and do that. So talk about the development, like the the benefit it has for young people. Okay. Yeah.
1: So, so first of all, I mean, just in terms of um, the the studies that have been done, uh, we know that altruism triggers basically a surge of self-esteem. So a sense of like, oh, I'm, 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 I have value. I have a way of, of, of helping somebody else. So this idea of like, I have to be doing for myself, um, there, we know that psychologically it has an impact on a person's sense of, sense of identity, sense of value. So this is something that as conscious parents, we does talk about also, all the time, is, does, is a part of our mission as parents.
0: Yeah, and I kind of talked over you at that point. That's okay. Sorry, I meant to say, doesn't it also teach children at a young age about empathy? Uh, for sure.
1: Yes. So, and that was, I mean, probably the most profound, um, bit that I took out of my experience yesterday is when we, um, when we look at people without empathy, without that deeper sense of, of connection, or I wonder what his or her story is, or I wonder what made them do that thing, you know, even if it was an act that in some way was difficult or harmful to us, um, the, the shift in our sort of internal chemistry of feeling empathy versus fear or rage is significant. And guess which one is so much better for us, right? It's the state of being in empathy and being able to see another person um, and our similarities over our- differences and to be able to, to, uh, feel their experience with compassion. I don't know a more important thing that we would want to teach our children. I mean, as you said, like, okay, yeah, so, so there might be struggles with homework or performance in school or whatever, but at the end of the day, to feel like as your child moves out into the adult adult world or, or in their day-to-day, uh, that they are choosing to act from a place of kindness and empathy and and altruism, um, to me, that's far more important Those than Those are the anything. biggest
0: rewards for me as a dad. Yeah. If someone said to me, what um looking back on the last 16 years of parenting, tell me your top 3 moments that you felt proud to be a father or just I don't want to say proud because it's it's not about me, it's about your kids lives, but it's always been something where uh it's not an academic award, it's yeah. not a sporting award, it's not it's none of those things, which you know, before you have kids you think yeah, the day that, you know, my son hits the home run or the day that my daughter, you know, wins the, the, you know, award, the surfing champion, you know, whatever, you know, it's like all these things that you, you think you're, that are going to hit you in a certain way. And then all of a sudden your son or your daughter does something. And I'll, and I'll be totally honest with you that, um, I don't know if you would have done at their age. Like those are the things that blow me away. You know, like I told you the story about, you know, Nate taking the 20 bucks and yeah. buying sandwiches for the yeah. not that I wasn't aware of that, but I don't think at 13, I'm acting on it. Right. You know? I, yeah. you know, I think I would have skated just by and been like, oh, that sucks. You know, like right. you know, maybe given some money. But, but also But, but know, I don't think I would have jumped into the store and been like, hey, you know, like that's one of the things that I think as parents and I think our listeners you know, sometimes when we're stressing over school and academics, because that's such at the forefront of everything Mm and, and, you know, how you're doing in the sports and how you're doing after school in the program, Mm -hmm. um, you know, you put the magnifying glass on that, Yeah. but let's really remember that it's, it's the, it's the interaction with human beings and, and seeing if our kids are empathetic and be able to stop and go, Hey, that situation isn't right. What can I do to help that to me is, and this just me, totally like personally speaking on our, on my end, yeah. um, that to me is the thing that's the big stoker for me when, when, when my kids do a, an action like that, yeah. which but- I thought before having kids, it's going to be the great grades and it's going to be this. Yeah. Cause I didn't get those either. So <laughs>
1: Well, and, and the other thing is, is so. In, in, in addition to um, the, the the data on like how it builds sense of self value and 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 identity and all that, we also know that when when people, when humans engage in acts of altruism, that it actually also boosts their sense of happiness. So again, as parents, I mean, every parent I know, if I said, what are the three things that are most important that you achieve with your with your kids, or that you you know want to see as indicators that your kids are turning out the way you'd want to, happiness is Absolutely, in there. And when we are seeing more and more incidents of depression and kids that are just so self-involved or so like caught up in the the gaming world and and very little inner inner uh, connectedness or interaction um, with other humans, here's another opportunity which they might resist at first. And, and so kudos to you, Joe, that you modeled this, you know, with what you were already doing and then bringing Nate into it. That's probably how it needs to happen. And now he's doing it on his own, but. If you're looking for ways to make your kids happy, let's stop like just buying and throwing stuff at them and create opportunities where they can have an experience-based source of happiness that chances are they're going to go back to, right? That feeling of like, oh my gosh, that felt amazing. And it just cost me some time. Or in Nate's case, it took, it cost me 10 bucks, but wow, like I still feel good about that every time I think about it. And I understand that that had an enormous impact. That family was able to eat. You know, maybe the only thing they've eaten all day. Yeah. Um, so, so there's two things right there in terms of teaching altruism, both the the building building of self esteem, self value, identity, but also inspiring the experience of happiness and joy that comes from acts of, of altruism
0: that we can teach our kids. How can we start? Um... Bringing this into our family's life, if right now it hasn't been at the forefront, and I mean that not because people that are listening to the show, um, you know, aren't aren't empathetic and caring about one another, but you know, everything takes practice and yeah. opportunity that are there. How, how yeah. would you say to a listener right now that's like, hey, you know what, everything you're talking about, I'm really into. I want to incorporate that into my family's life.
1: Yeah. So, so I would say, and this is a perfect season to do it. And I think it's just a matter of like being the captains of the ship. Um, Ideally, you know, if you're, if you're together, conversation with your partner tonight and be like, look, you know, tomorrow begins tomorrow. I don't know when this is probably when, by the time you hear, hear this will already be into December. But, you know, I would just say sometime over the holiday season, you take a day where you say, you know, here's what's up. Like, yeah, we're going to do gifts and stuff, but. This is this other thing that we're going to do. What happens
0: if you're met with, oh, man, are you serious? I was supposed to go to my friend's house. Why are we doing that? Um, I would
1: I would literally do like, you're going to need to trust me on this one. Yeah, but I don't want to go. I get it. I get yeah, it. Yeah, but I am supposed to go scary, to my friend's and house. Be, yeah, well, we're going to do this. But and- I don't want <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my God, Joe, you're, you're a nightmare. <laughs> um, but I Is that just, a good invitation? Y- 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 yes, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure it is. And I would just be, that's why you have to be really solid. Like with a plan, you can decide based on, because some kids... Kids respond really well to having some skin in the game, having some say. So in that case, it's generally a good um, a good idea to say, okay, here's three possibilities that we can do as a family um, to, to kick this off. And then I would follow that up. Like once you've made a decision as a family, I feel very, very confident that they're going to leave the experience being like, wow and 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 having a sense of you know where we want to sort of dehumanize you know the homeless we want to you know make it all their fault we want to you know and this is the other disservice we 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 are engaging in is especially as kids move into adolescence they so often feel isolated and alone and so The other thing about altruistic behavior is it really reestablishes that sense of interconnectedness between ourselves and others. And so it can help to be sort of an antidote to like, if you feel alone and you feel like you're never good enough, let me tell you, you go and work in a homeless shelter for an hour and those people are going to, you know, behave like you're the, the savior of, of the day. And and I think that, you know, that taps into a lot of the other things. So I would go from there. I would launch it with that. And then I would say that like, at, you know, dinner conversations that in, include asking your kids, what's one kind thing you did today? Or what's one, you know, what's an act of kindness? What's one act of altruism? Teach them what the word altruism means. You know, there's a vocabulary list. Lesson in here, and then maybe you have like monthly missions or monthly challenges in your house of like you know what's your altruistic mission going to be, and I think that you know there's ways to make it age appropriate, um, and that we are going to see more and more kids choosing kind, um, you know, which is a, a kind of the the tagline for the new Wonder movie that I was plugging last week. But also, it is uh, an opportunity for them to feel less alone, to feel like they have purpose, to feel like they can give of themselves and help other people in really transformative ways. Um, And I think I I say with confidence that every person listening, if you are taking the time to listen to this show, that these are things that matter to you. Um, It doesn't mean the academics and the other successes don't need to matter, but I feel like this is the core stuff that may actually Make those things matter more, or or steer them in a direction with all those other uh, talents and successes that they have. Um, that they could, you know, yeah, maybe be a CEO of a company who's making a lot of money and also has a sense of altruism and wanting to do for others who maybe didn't have the same opportunities. And I just think that that's a win for everybody.
0: Yeah, and and before we get out of here, the the one thing that for 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 our listeners when i was saying that i don't want to go why would i you know all that and that struck a nerve with you because i can tell you right now i've been met with those <laughs> words so many times and i have to power on certain individuals to get into the car and go and it's even a, it's a, it's a hassle in the car and not and i'm telling you right now whenever we've had those moments and we get there and 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 at the end of the day when it's complete um, there's a different conversation coming back mm-hmm. home, and in and a sense of like, okay, I get why you made me go, Dad. I get why we did this. Um, not so much now because they're older, mm-hmm. but uh, in those younger years, uh, you know, where kids are like, what do you mean my Saturday isn't going to be fun and radical all day long? Like everything mm-hmm. has to be so epic all the time that when you pull back. Uh, just because of the world we live in, it's just you know our kids are growing up in a place where they just look at a phone and everybody's having an epic time and everyone's high fiving and everyone's just you know epic, 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 and I and I feel that that is such a disservice because not every day has to be epic for yourself. Yes. make it epic for someone else, and I right. think that's where we really lose our path sometimes. I mean, when you and I were growing up, um, we didn't we didn't know will you look at your phone oh god oh okay everyone else is having this greatest time Mm -hmm. in the world it's all phony you know yeah you know i hate to break it to you not everyone's not having the greatest time in the world yeah and i feel that we really have to as parents separate that for our kids and let them know you know what it's not about you every weekend it's not about you especially when they're older it's not about you every day it's about what can you do for other people and and there's where the epic epicness lies.
1: Well, especially and I would say that that the way to really frame that to make it really potent is all of those other things that we our kids are tending to more and more be like t- trying to tap into to have the epic are things that are external to them. And that becomes like really no different than chasing an addiction to try to get that internal high. Totally. What we're talking about when we talk about all like acts of altruism is tapping to the stuff that we've got on the inside that is abundant and is really bottomless. Yeah. And so to give your kid that and say like no matter what the deal, no matter what the 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 score on the test, no matter you know what drama you were dealing with at school today, you know, what disappointment you had, you always have the ability to tap into this internal resource that you have and do something for somebody else that'll draw everything into perspective, including all the things you have to be grateful for that you see that this person doesn't have, and and also to see the change in their life because of this act of kindness that you've engaged in.
0: Absolutely. Love it, Aenea. Man, it was funny.
1: We started with one plan. I, that was a, I don't know that we've ever had, had that happen where we just sort of organically went into a Well I'm, exactly. I'm glad that you did
0: that, though. I'm glad that you threw that audible in there, that you were like, you know what? I'm going to quarterback this, and we're going to go in a different direction. I love that because uh, we've never talked about this topic. Um, obviously, I've never even used the word- Altruism. Altruism. My new favorite word. Love it. There you go. Uh, We are gonna get out of here. Hey, before we get out, uh, it is December and I'm gonna be telling jokes. I won't be going to a prison, hopefully, Um, (laughs) I mean, by choice. Uh, But I'm going to be in, uh, for our listeners that live in Arizona, I'm going to be in Tempe with Jim Brewer, um, and I will be there uh, December 28th in Tempe, and then I'm going to be in Tucson uh, the 29th, the 30th, and New Year's Eve. We're doing six shows down there, Jim Brewer and myself. Super funny guy. If you listen to this show, you're going to love Jim Brewer because his whole show is is just dedicated to family. And although, you know, he's, a, you know, everyone always says, Jim Burr, so clean. You know, I'll tell you this right now, he has an edge, he just doesn't swear. That's just, just you know, he's just, he wants everyone to have a good time at the show. And um, super, super fun guy to be on the road with. And if any of you guys are in those areas, you should definitely come out to the show. And what I'm gonna offer you right now is that if you text the word parenting to 313131, between now and then, I'm gonna pick two winners uh, to come out to the Tempe shows. And come out to the Tucson show. So there you go. And if you want to hear and see those dates, not here, but if you want to see the dates I just talked about, go to josib.com. All nice. right. We are done. Anea, great show. Thank yes. you. Yes.
1: And please check out Defy Ventures defy defy ventures um, they're always I looking be a part for of it volunteers next year. I'm gonna take you next time because uh, I also have the option to like get a group together and take them on in with me um, I, I promise you it would you be, will an not honor. be you will not be disappointed and they they do these uh, not only in California but in other parts of the country so it may apply to you check it out see if it's something you could volunteer with and uh, I, I, I promise you won't be disappointed it would be an honor all right uh for Joseph
0: and Bo. this is Rad parenting we're out of here late, late.